0: This is a message from my Susias. lo okay. Read more books. Hit the theme music. That too. Ugh, it was going to be one thing or the other. I don't yeah. know. I fucking hate doing those cold open Intros. They're so bad. Mm-hmm. I hate them. I hate them so much.
1: Hey, we can return to one of what we used to do, uh, what we do for our, one of our other shows that whoever, if you lose the game, you have to come up with the intro to the next episode.
0: Yeah, but... Add some steaks. That is true. You know what? That's actually not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. That, that's a game changer right there. Okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to be any better at them when I need to do them. True. But <laughs> you know, you, you could plan a little better. You can prep these. Bullshit. First
1: off, Gabriel... You, you start deciding this the second we sit down all right, for the all right. mics.
0: We'll, we'll introduce the show and ourselves in a moment. Gabriel... Yeah. I want you to know, and I want the listeners to know, that literally, I don't remember that we need to do that until before we record. You have, like, goldfish, like, blindness? Pretty much. Or, no, it's, like, the one thing that I forget that we do for the show. Sure. I mean, for, is is forgettable. Uh-huh. It is trash.
1: Okay. <laughs> but, Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's the
0: subtitle for our podcast.
1: Yeah, Gabriel, this is uh, Slow Readers. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast.
0: Back to by on radio. Here,
1: the conversation's always on books. It's always
0: on reading. It's always
1: on literature. It's always on
0: short fiction. It's always on the New Yorker. It's always on uh, uh, mixed ethnicity and kind of like melting culture New Yorker kind of lifestyle of literature.
1: Yeah, it's always about being an Angelino.
0: Yeah, it's always about being an Angelino and not a New Yorker anymore. Yeah, you know what, Gabriel? You know what good novels are out there that are based on Angelinos? Um, a
1: bunch of stuff by uh, Ol' Harlan Ellison. That's a good one. Um, uh, Chandler. Is this thing?
0: Yeah, Ellison. I don't know anything. We do, I know nothing about Ellison. That is fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Chandler. Uh, there's Elroy. hmm Um, and uh, some Winslow stuff.
1: Yeah, that's I about it. That. That's, that's fair. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else. We have
0: that and Lindsay Ellis
1: yeah hey i'll take Lindsay ellis
0: uh welcome to uh, some intro of the show again gabriel uh-huh. yes uh, let's 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 stop poppycocking around gabriel who are you
1: um hello everyone my <laughs> name is gabe mara i'm a comedian every now and again i'm a podcast producer i am a writer and if you're lucky enough um some smoky friday night you'll find me bartending behind a bar
0: mm. co-host who are you i'm daniel gonzalez hi hello daniel an audio producer editor writer and an author of note uh, of note and uh this is our show yeah, where we talk about books, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Before we start talking about the book, I just have one thing to say. I want to bring back one small little and uh, segment that we used to do back in the, back in the day when we were less structured. Is it tell me about
1: your dreams, bro? No. <laughs> No, yeah, listeners. Back before the show was well structured, we would have dumb bits like "Tell me about your dreams." Like I can't believe we did that.
0: Yeah, I, I. You know, I don't. I don't regret having done that. It was hilarious. I mean, like if anyone wants to listen to the show, I say like, "Listen, only like, the last like 40 episodes at most."
1: Yeah, when we start getting a little more serious.
0: But uh, but no, one of the th- of it's still one of my favorite segments. Actually, it's still probably my favorite segment of the thing. It's a little thing called anecdotes and gables. Anecdotes and gables.
1: And, and and then... Do you want to try the theme song one last time? Okay. Wait, so do I go up or do you go
0: up? Uh, You go up. You start. Then you go up the second round. Okay. All
1: right. Okay, Dan, 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 Dan. Fucking goddamn it! I can't do it.
0: That was much closer. Yeah, but like I meant to match the 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 note you hit that first round. Instead, I went higher. It's so natural. It's it's really fucking frustrating. I can't harmonize. Almost aren't harmonizers. Yeah, I'm not. Gabriel, uh, okay, Go on! Dan. And does Dan and Gables—it's a little thing where we mentioned basically like an anecdote or a fable. Yeah. That has happened to about us. about our
1: lives. I don't know why Dan and I
0: am Gabe? Yes, and that's basically what it is. Um, it's still like my favorite thing that we ever did for the show. Sure, that should really be an entire show, and its its it will make it'll have a thousand fucking listeners Gable. regularly every day. We'll have a show, Gabriel. Okay, uh, I wanted to bring up something, because we have another podcast called uh, Watchmen on the Clock. We sure do, with Katie Kometz. With Katie and Kometz. And uh, that's actually coming to a close very soon, at least yeah. for now, because the season's about to end. But uh, and I wanted to bring this up for the show, but that show ran very long as it is, okay. That like without me bringing this up. Sure. But I want to bring something up that basically we record that every Sunday, and on Sunday that day... Earlier in the day, when you were not here, um, I made soup for myself, and I spilled some of it on the kitchen floor. Okay. And I cleaned it up, but it was like a very, like, kind of like a oily kind of like, like, it was more of like a sauce almost than it what was like a broth, What kind of soup was it? It was a uh, chorizo, red onion, and uh, butter bean. Delightful. Uh, uh, so, yeah, no, it's really like It's a really light broth, essentially, that happens just to have lots of oils because of the chorizo. Of course. But, right, so, awesome. so I cleaned it up. I, I wiped it up and whatnot. And then looking down, I saw that like the floor was still wet and I, and I tried to step over it, managed to like, like kind of like spreading my legs, stepping over it, still managed to hit the, like the wetness and it wasn't just wet it was oily and I fell and I didn't just fall. Like if you imagine like kind of like slipping and falling, Uh I like slow motion (laughs) fell on my ass Uh where like, I remember mid fall thinking, I need to roll with this. Oh, no. Because, like, it was one of those things where, like, the more you fight it, the more you're going to, like, thrash and slam your head against the wall or something. Yeah,
1: like, you're in a kitchen, there's corners. Yeah,
0: you gotta watch out for that. So, I kind of, like, go with the fall. Uh So, like, I can't imagine, imagine, like, an old man fall in, like, Uh a a comedy show. Sure. Where, like, I kind of, like, roll back onto my ass with, like, my feet in the air.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Daniel. Not, like,
0: violently hard. Can
1: you imitate the noise you made when you fell? Or was it a silent fall?
0: I think it was a silent fall. Uh-huh. Uh, I managed to keep that you know, much dignity. You, you like Sherlock
1: <laughs> episode three? it, where like you're like okay, I know I'm falling. I'm gonna recede into my mind palace and exactly plan how to fall.
0: Yeah, it it, it was. I was very aware of. Oh my god, I'm going to fall! Oh my god, roll with it! Wow, I feel silly. This is like an old man fall. Yes. Like, and, and also like the weird thing, like, I don't know, like the last time, Gabriel, you've had like a a sudden fall like this Mm -hmm. where like you kind of feel it a little bit, like not on the ass, but like throughout your body and your mind and your heart. Yeah. And like, like I, like I had like that moment where like the, the adrenaline was kind of pumping. Uh huh. And, like, <laughs> having fallen, <laughs> slipped and fallen on some fucking yeah, wet Yeah, your ass, it's a little, some oil. And, no, and, uh, and yeah, no, I got up, and I just, I felt like an asshole. <laughs> well, no one saw, and now we know. <laughs> now we know, and I wanted to share it with everybody. It was, well, it was thank an,
1: you for sharing,
0: Daniel. It was an experience, and Gabriel? Yes. That's a little thing we like to do called danecdotes and Gables.
1: Dan, 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 dan Dan, 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 You went, yep, you went nope, up again. I didn't,
0: can't do it. It sucks.
1: <laughs> All right. So you have to you have to
0: match my tone while I'm singing it. I know I can't I can't do it. I that's don't know. okay, Gabriel. This isn't a song show. So that's it. So we have a thing to talk about. We have, the yeah. thing, we have this thing to do called books. And I had to yes. say I had to say Gabriel, we're on like episode like 136 by now. My goodness. Yeah, and this is I think the first time we've done an author. Where we need to put an asterisk next to you you know.
1: That can't be true. I think so. We also did this author before.
0: Yeah, Well... Was that before this? Because I feel like it's been a while. When we did, we did Negocios from Drown. Yes. Uh, yeah, we we're we we're talking about Juno Diaz, mm-hmm. um, and we've done him before. We done a lo- a long time ago. We did yeah, very early on in the show's yeah, run. Negocios, and uh, so yeah, and it's kind of. I'm curious what's going on because, like, the time frame and whatnot, like, all, like everything that probably you're going to talk about when talking about him and everything is very recent. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty recent. So, um, G- Gabriel, uh, yeah, we're doing Juna Diaz. Can you tell us a little bit? We didn't talk b- b- before about Juna Diaz's background and everything like no, that. No,
1: very little. We were very unprofessional in a wild steaming time back then. hmm yeah. Alright everyone, so the story we did this week is The Cheater's Guide to Love from the collection, This is How You Lose Her. Mm-hmm. So here's some back information on Junot Diaz himself.
0: So this is the second short story collection, right? Yes. Okay. He's
1: only published three books. Besides his kids' book. And,
0: yeah, he's three in a kids' book. He had uh, two short fiction collections and one novel, Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wao. Yes, it did. Right.
1: Correct. Okay, cool. Yes. So, <laughs> Juno Diaz, born in December 31st, 1968 in Santo Domingo, the Dominican Republic. Ah. Uh, he writes a lot about the DR, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Yeah. So, right now, he's a creative writing professor at MIT. He's a fiction editor of the Boston Review. He's a big high mucky muck in terms of lit, having won the Pulitzer Prize for Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow" in 2008. Yeah a good time. Let's see. Um, he also won the MacArthur Fellowship Grant, Genius Grant, just like George Saunders. And he is currently in a domestic partnership with Marjorie Liu, author of the um, uh, graphic novel series Monstrous. Yes, that's right. I remember that. So here's the best way to describe his writing, as he himself said in an interview. His writing style is, quote, "...a disobedient child of New Jersey and the Dominican Republic, if that can be possibly imagined with way too much education." Mm -hmm. End quote. Mm -hmm. So, um, much like in Negocios, that story you read in Uh Jerome, he immigrated with his mother and grandparents to Parlin, New Jersey, in December 1974. He was Uh six years old. His father already moved there, making a living for him, and they joined him. And as a little kid, he was super obsessed with like sci-fi, reading books. He'd walk like four miles to the library, and he loved *The Planet of the Apes* because how <laughs> oh, do yeah? you not? Yeah, yeah, he's a huge fan. Okay, of it. yeah. So uh, he actually had a lot of trouble learning English, and like he felt really like resentful of his like of his siblings because they learned English almost instantaneously to him. Okay, he had to take special education courses to catch up on it, which is kind of wild. Which kind of informs his writing in a cool way. Yeah um he only really became a writer after he got to rutgers where he um, got his like ba because he wasn't really intending on doing writing at all he was at demorous which is a famous like creative writing like dorm or something or other mm-hmm. and his um, writers who inspired him to become a writer were tony morrison and sandra cisneros who you and i are, are like big hot fans of yes uh well this... mango street is an amazing
0: read mango street yeah we've yet again uh we've yet to talk about Tony Morrison, really.
1: Well, Tony Morrison's on the stranded list, so we'll get to Beloved at some point. Yeah, you know, that's also a shorter book. Yeah. Hey, we, if everyone <laughs> needs a break, I mean, we should get back, back, yeah. to, back to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, he worked his own way through college because he didn't have money. Also, I just want to say, that was a resentment due to the fact that every time we pick a book for a fucking strain 80, it's like over 700 pages long.
1: Yeah, oh boy. And it coming soon. Time. <laughs> so, um, he worked his way through college. He delivered tables. He washed dishes. He pumped gas because it's Jersey, which is still such a weird thing to me. Yeah. Um, Another quote. I can safely say I've seen the U.S. from the bottom up, and maybe a success story as an individual. But if you adjust the knob and just take it back one setting to the family unit, I would say my family tells a much more complicated story. It tells a story of two kids in prison. It tells a story of enormous poverty, of tremendous difficulty. So, Daniel, time to go on to the ugly stuff. Yay! Because I feel, you know, much unlike Disney, if you pretend the bad stuff didn't happen, then you're... Actively endorse. You're you're assist- you're quietly endorsing it.
0: Yeah, uh, and I, again, I want to say that like I think when we did, like again, this show is like two and a half years old. Like mm-hmm. we started earlier slash mid-2017. Yeah. I know that this stuff only really started coming to light in like March 2018. May 2018. May 2018. Mm-hmm. So like, we might have just, like we probably covered him right before all this sh- all this yeah. kind of or, stuff.
1: Or it might have like just happened and you and I were like, let's gloss over that for now. Yeah,
0: we'd be like, people are saying this about him, but like, <laughs> whatever. That's whatever. still that's still cool. I don't care. Yeah. I treat women however I want. But speaking of which, Gabriel? The ugly stuff. The ugly stuff. In May
1: 2018, Zinzi Clemens, I'm um, sure uh, the 2017 novel What We Lose, she publicly confronted Diaz at the allegations that he once forcibly cornered her and kissed her. Mm-hmm. Other writers, including Carmen Maria Machado and Monica Byrne, they all included their own on Twitter. They um, corroborated the whole thing of uh, Diaz's a, um, a misogynistic and verbal abuse, both as a writing mentor and as a teacher.
0: Yeah, um, and that's... that's- it's interesting again like i don't i heard the details like i've got wait well, not oh no, i've not heard the details I, i've heard like the You've broad yeah. implications uh the very interesting thing is that uh machado and i think the the one other woman uh, monica spe- burn specifically said like uh, verbal abuse
1: yeah verbal misogynistic verbal abuse okay which is... i think at one point um in order to prove a point in class he screamed the word rape in one of their faces okay yeah. Wow. So ten out of ten, not a kind thing to do. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's a much wider conversation to be had here about sexual harassment and academia, about race and ethnicity, and who's allowed to come forward. I don't think you nor I are qualified to yeah. weigh in on this, other than we have to support and listen to those who want to speak up.
0: Yeah. It, again, it's it's important to mention that this stuff is going on. No, yeah. Again, I don't know the de- so like I I've heard, and I don't know anything about this, and I don't know what the arguments is, but like about like sexual abuse and, like, race and whatnot and yeah. how, like, there's certain cultures. Uh, speaking of which, it's very interesting that we're talking about this story in particular, which is is kind of almost about those themes. It's about, like, this kind of, like, cultural machismo that kind of comes with being, like, Dominican or, or yeah, whatever, Hispanic-American. It's, it's a
1: American. huge ongoing motif for him.
0: Yeah, and, like, and just... Being like aggressive and misogynistic and and whatnot with yeah. you know it, it, yeah yeah it,
1: this story has plenty of coloring of that on its own yeah so um last real heavy bit of this whole thing that I still I found quite interesting okay is that so weeks prior to the allegations Diaz published an essay in the New Yorker called <laughs> Silence and where she finally for the first time announced publicly that as an eight year old he was raped he was raped by a family friend uh-huh. and the you know it kind of really it he people it was a really well written essay and mm-hmm. i re- I read it earlier today um really like gutting a lot of the stuff in it actually informs the cheater's guide to love that apparently like he was unable to have like sexual relations for a very long time that he um had like intrusive thoughts and trauma ongoing as a child going on into his adulthood and then eventually got to college and then he was able to put on a mask of dominican maleness where all of a sudden he became like a fake player
0: yeah no that, it's yeah it, it's all it, it, oddly enough this is i'm being done wrong I, I don't really know other diaz stories besides not uh, negocios but like yeah no this is all very poignant and like very i would say like neatly ties together yeah these kind of like like allegations of abuse let's call them allegations i'm sure they're confirmed or whatever actually i think oh, diaz so, is actually yeah. very Furiously uh, denies. He denied um, um, the, the one, the, the
1: cornering. He denied the thing where Zinzi Clemens. Um, uh, MIT investigated and <clears throat> they cleared him of any wrongdoing. Yeah. And like Boston Review kept him on, but then people resigned, and he voluntarily resigned from the Pulitzer um, Prize chair after the allegations.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's it's been very messy and, yeah. and whatnot.
1: He he's been cooperating while still like denying. Okay. So um uh, the other other thing in the, like the essay is very well written. Mm-hmm. He talks about like all the abuse he suffers, and apparently in like oh eight, well so he had found like like the love of his life at the time. You know the one who inspires the love interest from Oscar Wilde. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the events in the Cheater's Guide to Love happened to him in real life. It's a real thing where he yeah. finally opens up to this woman he was unable to tell her about the abuse and mm-hmm. he cheated on her like crazy she printed out all of his emails <laughs> and she like threw it in his face and he sunk into this like years-long depression where he had attempted suicide a few times mm-hmm. but yeah so like i didn't I, I only read that essay today and i'd read this short story many years ago mm-hmm. 2012 when i first got this book and uh i had just found that out today so it's Having been a survivor of sexual assault does not mean you are allowed to commit sexual assault. Mm. So a lot of people did perceive the release of this essay as maybe preempting any Me Too allegations.
0: Yeah, which I think is a little. The, I mean, it's entirely possible. The, I mean, the uh, well, it's it it, it maybe it doesn't obviously excuse him, but like it kind of it gives some context over over his thing. I mean. Um, there. Uh, not to get too much into it and whatnot, but like at any time, like one of the from all like the like the literature I've read that is very much about like like very very violent like sexual abusers and whatnot mm-hmm. is that like there is like a sick kind of nature to abuse sure. where like like in spotlight yeah one of my one of like the the one of the fascinating points from reading uh Renee Denfield's um The Snow Child for example is this really poignant thing that like today's uh, horrible monsters were yesterday's victims yeah um, it's not always of course of course and of, and of course that doesn't make it like right. it doesn't make it okay yeah. but like you know it's, it's this idea that like people who are hurt today if obviously when they don't know how to process it and yeah. like it's something that haunts over them especially over the, like their sexuality and whatnot. Yeah, like it's it bleeds into like it's their pervasive. adulthood it, yeah. it warps them in in, in certain ways yep. you know like you
1: said it, it provides context if not an excuse
0: yeah and it obviously the timing is kind of like it, it is crazy it's convenient it, it came out weeks before yeah. before this and like it's it's like uh the kevin spacey thing where it's like excuse me have you been sexually assaulting young men yes by the way i'm gay yeah and we're just like okay like, yeah buddy that's how uh, i do that i mean he's had some very bizarre Kind of ways to yes. confront. Them. Anyway, um, we're not
1: comparing those two. G- yeah, no. But no, no. last bit information okay. is that so it's about the story itself. The story itself, "The Cheater's Guide to Love," was published in the New Yorker on July twenty third, twenty twelve. And the collection, "This Is How You Lose Her," sorry, "The Cheater's Guide to Love," yeah, "This Is How You Lose Her." The book was published September eleventh, twenty twelve. It was a finalist for the National Book Award and the Andrew Carnegie Medal for Excellence in Fiction. Hey, and I don't think you read any of the stories in this book, no. which you should. They're great. The title of the collection is from the short story Alma. Mm-hmm. Published in the New Yorker, December 24th, 2007. Okay. It's the final line of the from the shortest story in the collection. And nice. that's all my notes.
0: Cool. And, cool, dude. And Gabriel, um, no, I'm very excited. Uh, can you briefly. So, we're t- doing the story, The Cheater's Guide to the. Uh, it is love. the final story in the collection. Yes. And uh, Gabriel, can you, can you fucking give us a lowdown about what happens in this book, bro? Okay. So, this is a
1: second second person story mm-hmm. where um basically the narrator is speaking to himself as you mm-hmm. the narrator junior who is uh juno is nick adams um he uh
0: it's exactly the, it's something i've been holding back this whole time about like this discussion this discussion of being like yeah this is his pseudo like yeah, fictional but version of himself but yeah, pretty much
1: so. <laughs> so much like in real life um this woman this amazing woman Catches him cheating. Mm-hmm. He She finds his emails where he's been cheating of 50 different women over a six-year relationship. Uh-huh. And after a short period where he tries to pick up the pieces and make things right with her, she leaves him. She leaves him completely, barrenly, no mm-hmm. contact, ever, game over, man. And the rest of the story goes across um, Junior's process of trying to... Get over the relationship, cycling between bouts of depression, Mm -hmm. self-destruction, healing, self-reconstruction, misogyny, uh, throwing himself into sex, Mm -hmm. dating dating the right people, dating the wrong people, the worst parts of him coming out, the best parts of him coming out, and the support and dark friendship of his friend Elvis, Mm. who is a
0: cheater in his own right and another Dominican
1: another man. Dominican and eventually we come to the end of the story where it's years down the line he opens up like the pamphlet the 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 book basically the what's mm-hmm. the the binder of yeah. incriminating emails and he finally realizes and acknowledges that she was completely correct to leave him mm-hmm. and he starts writing again with yeah. the line the the half life of love is forever
0: yeah <laughs> And uh, and also when she gave him the binder, she said like she included the note saying this will make a good book one day or something. Yeah, and he's like, "Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no." And it's uh, yeah, Gabriel, you've read this story before.
1: Yeah, um, uh, that's a little simplistic. My summary of it the whole the whole story is in its telling.
0: Yeah, no, it it is, and also as you said, very interestingly, uh, this is written in the second person, mm-hmm. um, so which is interesting. For how this, how you relate to the kind of character, the, like the main character and whatnot, because there, like in the language, there's no character. He, it's talking to you. You do this. You have you were in love with this woman. You cheated on her. You yeah. have no idea why, and you couldn't fucking help it. And you didn't fuck around with one woman yeah. or two women. You fucked with fifty. I I don't know about you, Daniel. I'll, like I want to hear
1: your thoughts on this. Mm. I love the second person when uh-huh. it's done correctly. For me, it, it's it's so much more immersive than straight up first person. Yeah, I did this. The you sounds like yourself monologue. It's like everything good about stream of consciousness, about all the bullshit of stream of consciousness writing.
0: Uh
1: Um, There's an amazing episode of BoJack Horseman, which you do not watch, called um, Stupid Piece of Shit. Mm -hmm. And almost the entire episode takes place within BoJack's um, running commentary in his mind. Mm -hmm. And he wakes up every day, and he calls himself a stupid piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And it goes on in this second-person kind of narration... Which I think ties in so well too i wonder if they got any influence
0: from this but how do you feel about the second person writing no uh, i i really enjoy second person writing like again i don't know any specific examples where you have something like this where the entire story is specifically like it is it is a very singular kind of thing where it's talking to you uh gabriel you probably don't know this i use second person a bunch in my writing oh i don't know that yeah um yeah i use it for every uh, similar, obviously, but not like different kind of way that obviously this is used and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's something where like I'll is I'll, that like, in Cook in the Kingdom? And yeah, no, and uh, in the second person. Uh, in fact, it begins with a second person line. Cool. Um, but no, I use it where basically everything it's third person, but like the narration will just skip into second person, and whatnot, and mm. perhaps in the thing I'm writing right now, it more liberally kind of skips between them uh, for a very particular effect I'm going for. Cool. But um, but no, yeah, I don't. I I am trying to remember if if I read really too many things that are in second person there aren't that many there's Junot Diaz there's bright lights big city And oh. how many other like classics of second person have there been well here's something there's a very acclaimed uh, novel that came out this year oh by uh, oh. A, 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 a woman by the name of Carmen Maria Machado oh author of uh, her body and other stories also who came forward about her about uh, uh, Diaz's verbal abuse so verbal her. abuse So she wrote a novel an acclaimed novel that came out this year in the Dream house Cool, which uh, I'm sorry, it's a memoir. Um, and it apparently got, like, super rave reviews, like, in, uh, in book, on Bookmarks, which is kind of like a Rotten Tomatoes slash Metacritic, mm. uh, it received no mixed or negative reviews. Oh, cool. Um, however, this is the summary. The book details Machado's abusive relationship with another woman while studying for her MFA at the Iowa Writers' Workshop in Iowa City, Iowa. It is a second-person narrative with Machado referring to her victimized self as you. Neat. And that's kind of interesting, because obviously, also, she was a student of, of Diaz. Um, but hence the stuff. And, uh, and the fun thing about this is that like, clearly I, you can see her kind of like drawing inspiration from that style of writing. Mm -hmm. Um, and in a way, like Diaz creates a victimized self Mm-hmm. by forcing you to identify with this person who might not who might not do the things that you do. Yeah. Cuz again like yeah, the the language is pretty is pretty brutal um because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't sleep with women, he fucks with bitches, sluts, sucias, sucias like the whole textbook, like yeah. like it, like the only woman in this who like isn't necessarily like like some chick he bangs or like some chick some mother uh, Elvis bangs or whatever yeah. is uh the friend. Arleni. Arleni, Um who speaks very bluntly. Um Elvis is not a good influence on him. No. Uh and neither is he a really good influence on Elvis. No. Elvis's um, wife is very nice. Elvis, yeah, but like kind of like kept in the dark. Uh yeah. it, it's a very she's a very much like that patriarchal not pa- like who belongs in that kind of world like yeah. like hispanic woman of essentially yeah. being the woman who just like deals with her husband's behavior
1: juno you know, diaz's work is always super rooted in hyper like masculine uh dominican kind of mindset it's it's resides in toxic masculinity yeah it, it's often he very he also writes very uh, as you'll maybe one day see in The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. He's also incredibly capable of writing very well in a woman's voice and mindset. Mm-hmm. There's a short story in his collection called Otra Vida, Otra vez, which is about um it's almost like the point of view of negocios from the woman that Ramon marries, mm-hmm. the other woman. Um he's very capable of it. So with oh, Ramon it's,
0: being a uh, Junior's father, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: yeah. Um he's very capable of it so i think it improves it proves that diaz chooses to write in this mode this voice and this this character he embodies yeah. is very much a character he plays it is a it is the toxic dominican male
0: yeah and this is and that's very no this is why like this story i, I don't I haven't said this i liked it a lot uh, oh this good story. i'm glad um it's <laughs> one of my favorite short stories <laughs> yeah, of all time i don't think we've ever really we have discussed how we felt about it at all mm-hmm. so far um but no, uh, yeah, no. This is why, like, for example, this story is good as opposed to like toxic or whatever. Yeah. Because again, like, he doesn't sleep it's with about, women. It's about. He fucks with sluts and bitches and, yeah. and and whatnot. You know, um, Elvis is you know yeah they're horrible. They're kind of horrible fucking assholes. Yeah. Um. they like it does particularly get to women. A, yeah.
1: It'll get in like a self pitying kind of like circle, especially at some point. Yeah. Um, Junior is banging a, uh, a a like young law student yeah. <laughs> and like Arleni is like, Oh really, man, don't, don't be doing this. No, I,
0: it's like, I love the reactions. Where like, uh, <laughs> what was it? Um, Oh no, no! My favorite thing was when like the the one white woman from uh, from the yoga class yeah. was like kind of into him, the and like and, and he asks a rhetorical question. There's no there's no quotations in dialogue by the way. For this, he only, is, he, which... he basically never uses them. I love that. I'm fine with that. I'm cool with that. Y'all know me. Yep. Um, but no, like he, he asked a rhetorical question. Like, what do I do with the white woman? And it's like the voice of Elvis being like like Banger Man. Like the other like my boy Randall or whatever his name is just like just busting her mouth or whatever. Yeah. And then our just like. Like like She's like, too young for you. Or, no, no, no. Right? The white woman was essentially just being like, like, oh, just like see where it goes. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> like it was right. very reasonable. It was yeah. like the other dudes are just like, just fuck her man. Yeah. And she's like, or see her, because you're looking yeah. for someone to see. You yeah. know? No, I, I I don't know if that was the law student. I think that was um. <laughs> no, that was the, that was a white woman at yoga. Um the law student oh, right. was like, I forgot what she said, but no, she points out like she's very young, huh? Like uh-huh. or cause I think like he's toying with the idea of making a, of like having a serious relationship with her. Yeah. The young one who's like nineteen or something like that. Yeah. who's super intelligent mm-hmm. and like she's the one who's like like you want to have a serious relationship with her, huh? Okay, uh-huh. sure.
1: Yeah, and, and so she ends up pregnant and yeah. she like takes over his life basically in a way and I've, th- for me this that little portion is the most interesting part of the story mm-hmm. where like What's Yunner's leaving shit out? He must be mm-hmm. because there's no reason why this woman is suddenly like like taking over his home and forcing him to be like sleep on the couch and such. Yeah. I I'm I, I'm not Latin American. Mm-hmm. I'm not Dominican. So for me I'm I'm very I I would love someone to who uh, lives in this culture. I'm a, I I for a while, uh, back in my youth, I was seeing a young lady who introduced me to Juno Diaz. Uh-huh. She was always very good about explaining to me what is the culture of being Latin American in New York and in Jersey—that kind of notion. So I'm very curious now, like, what is that perspective on that law student who um, claims a baby is his, takes over his apartment, and then when she's about to give birth, and then like completely like ices him out and treats him cruelly again context is only his mm-hmm. and then she has the baby and when he arrives there she she screams at him get out
0: the baby is not yours yeah i mean like it, it is it is very interesting again that from being not only this perspective but your perspective mm-hmm. um that he kind of comes across as a very sympathetic asshole yeah where like yeah he walks in and she just screams that uh, what's going on and of course like don't be wrong she's uh, <laughs> going through a stressful thing sure um but Like yeah no, it is idea. Like from her perspective, he's just some scumbag older man who got her pregnant, was not respectful or responsible at all about it. Despite the Mm -hmm. fact that he's like a fucking uh, what MIT is he? No, he's a uh, Harvard, right? Yeah, yeah, Harvard writer. Where is where is MIT in Boston? In Boston, right? Is that like in the same thing as Harvard? In what is that like same? Is there there a connection between Between Harvard and MIT? No, there's not. There's not right. No, there's not. That's not. There should be one big Boston school. That's it. It's a Boston right? college. Boston. I don't know anything about MIT. I thought yeah, MIT I mean, was a more of a technical thing. Yeah. But. The it Massachusetts, is, right? Institute, Massachusetts Institute of Technology And creative writing
1: I guess <laughs> And creative writing Because apparently that's what Diaz taught Sure right? I, it's, Yeah it's more specialized school I suppose I don't know I like Daniel I didn't research any colleges That's yeah, why okay. I ended up in Penn State Fuck yeah And then I went to Brooklyn College Because I wanted to be in Brooklyn
0: I don't know schools Yeah who cares Um, But Gabriel yeah Um, So this is one of your favorite short stories huh It really is yeah Okay No, I mean like it's a, Does it ha- ha- Have you not read in a while Does it hold up or
1: It's been a while I feel like someone it's
0: been a while
1: it's been a while um i feel like i loaned <laughs> my copy of this out to someone many years ago Fucking
0: Eve, you got uh, come on it's fucking dear
1: yeah. friend of the show the shy gonzalez ortiz of only lovers left in the library mm-hmm. gave me a copy of this for christmas in 2012 when mm-hmm. it had just come out um okay, so it. i don't know where, where it's been but i might read this book inside and out and uh i feel like so uh, there's there's two prongs I want to take this in. Mm-hmm. First of all, very quickly, I met Juno Diaz one, um twice. I met him twice. Once I sold him cookies. The other time, um, he did a reading in Queens and he signed my copy of um Oscar Wow. That's cool. And was
0: he very uh, uh sexist towards you?
1: No, not towards me. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I I told this story in the show before. Okay. Where um I was there with my ex girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so we go up to talk to him and he uh like she's ahead of me. Uh huh. Um she um he signs her book. And I go up to him, and I'm like, I, I'm right behind her, and I'm like, here, sign my copy. He's like, hey, what were you reading over there? Because was, he was just standing off to the side. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting in like the audience reading a book, and I'm like, oh, it's this um, book by Michelle Gondry about like an art installation he did. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. I know Michelle Gondry; he's a good dude. I'm like, well, that's amazing. Uh, please sign my book. <laughs> he signs mine, and um, I like I ask my ex, like, what he you signing yours? And he's like, best wishes, Juno Diaz. And I'm like. Okay, and she asked me, "What are you? What are you signing yours?" I open it and say, um, to Gabriel for your beautiful heart, Juno Diaz. Whoa. and I'm like, <laughs>
0: take, take that, lady friend. Take oh. that, lousy
1: ex. I hope you're doing well wherever you are. Yeah, sure so i'm um, uh, like he was cool okay and I mean, again yeah, it finds you, all, I these, mean... all these all these all to no. me which makes
0: it weird which ties well, uh, into i'm sure he's not you know yeah. he's not an asshole clearly he's self-aware also of certain yeah. behaviors that he does but he's anyway. a complicated but, individual yeah, yeah. but
1: that ties into my second prong of this that daniel um i i as a i attempted to we're, we're a show where we try to read more women we try mm-hmm. to be um modern woke fellows mm-hmm. so i I realized, like only in the last couple of years, that I have a tendency of liking, uh, liking books about uh, men and damaged women. I, I find a, re- a bizarre joy of the narrative of the, the the complex damaged man who fucks up the lives of the women he loves. And like um, Richard Price's *Ladies Man* is a wonderful example of that. Of mm-hmm. uh, like, I'm I'm very drawn to these stories, like the Ryan Adams narrative pre-abuse, uh-huh. like these like lonely me, male forward. Um, either women are women are Madonnas or whores, and they ruin me, but I love them. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's exactly what I liked about these Juno Diaz stories growing up, and I feel it's important now as an adult, as a grown ass man, to investigate that kind of notion. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, what's what's your takeaway in terms of the feeling of these stories? Of
0: what what does this say for men and romance? Well, well, I, no, I would, I don't know about all of that, but I would say like, well, we read stories about damaged men or men who aren't uh, like perfect because nobody's perfect, and we relate to imperfection. True. Like, I don't relate to a person who does only good things. Like. Nothing is worse than reading a story where it's about some dude who is the best. Like uh I started reading that book um uh fuck the underdogs the, uh, the the classic uh mexican novel about like like the legend of like this one dude and like i stopped reading it pretty quickly because uh-huh. it was like the most like typical fucking stupid mary sue no not mary sue but like that typical like mexican legend of like here is a man who is clearly this brave powerful man and he went out and the the federales were bugging him and like were messing with his women and he murdered one and told the other ones get away guy and then uh-huh. he ran into the woods and with his buddies who are all a bunch of fucking lovable scumbags uh, have a shootout and ultimately it's going to end with that dude either gaining power and then kind of falling apart and whatnot and I think it's portrayed by his one friend who is vastly more interested than him Okay, but like it's like the same kind of thing where it is like kind of rewriting history where it's like they hero that they make heroes out of people who are clearly if you look at what he's doing are- aren't good people and mm-hmm. and like that kind of thing is not interesting I related more to the guy who's clearly going to do the shitty thing sure, because like I've, I am conflicted I don't always do the, the right thing like nothing is less interesting than the guy who's clearly made out to be some kind of fucking hero okay um and but the rest is I guess is all is all sub subjective like I don't know if I necessarily I'm trying to think about this. Like, yeah, no, damaged people are are vastly interesting. They have drama. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my favorite kind of elements of storytelling is good versus evil, but not so much in external forces, but on the inside. Sure. Um, Because, like, if someone's struggling with, like, the, the, you know, devil and an angel inside of them, that is, like, the best kind of like human story that that is the conflict they want to do yeah there's a faulkner quote i could quote about that i don't remember Mm -hmm. what it was though it's a uh it's the thing about like how like especially writing about his subjects is that like he writes specifically about the human spirit and not only will it uh you know survive struggle and and lose a little bit but gain some but most importantly like the human spirit will endure Okay uh, So yeah yeah.
1: That's well, <laughs> um, let me ask you A, a more narrow question than that. Okay <laughs> What is your What is your favorite Literary romance
0: Because you're, I, I All the my, Pretty Horses Which is clearly One of my favorite stories
1: Okay yeah. um, How would you describe That love story
0: that love story? Oh, you mean a romance? as in like love story? Yes. Oh, okay. not
1: romance as in an art movement. No,
0: I meant like yeah, romance. It's like it's my favorite romantic. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It liter- it literature. Oh boy. Because like,
1: person, you know me. I like, I like love stories. I yeah. pursue these things, and I've always worried that like we, we try, we find especially in literature mm-hmm. art that reflects upon us. And I'm like, so is there is there a suggestive quality like this loving Norwegian wood, like? There's a there, there is an ickiness to that story that is definitely there uh-huh. about a like a selfless man of a big dick who um, sacrifices everything for a girl who kills herself and then shuns the love of another good woman. Like there's a there's a self pitying element to that that I don't like to see in myself, and I worry if like is there a a bigger underlying toxic quality to loving this kind of story. So
0: back to your thing though, what is I, your favorite like? No, like? I mean like I mean like no, like probably I mean <laughs> like there is this thing where like Daniel called me toxic yeah, listeners. It's like it's like no, flame him. Well, here's the thing, like we're all a little toxic. Sure. We we all are. It's the same reason like, it's like like everyone's a little racist. Yeah, no, exactly what I was gonna say. It's like we're all kind of, like we don't mean we don't want to be racist. We don't do racist things. We don't actively be toxic. Mm-hmm. But like we're all a little toxic. You know, we're all a little racist. And like the important thing is not to be a perfect person, but to fucking treat people Make with respect, effort. you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. be respectful, be empathetic, Uh, you know, be, like, listen and, and act and be kind, you know? Sure. Um, Which is more, imp- which is a reason why, like, also certain people like very dark stories where we like to, we like to confront that kind of dark thing, that darkness inside of us. Sure. This is why people have loved Lolita since the uh, fuck, when did it come out? Actually, 50s? That's a good question. 50s? I completely forgot. It's been a long time.
1: Hasn't it been a while?
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see. No, we like stories like that. We like uh, people love um fucking uh, what do you call it? Oscar Wilde uh, uh Dorian Gray. 55. 55, thank you. Uh people have loved Dorian Gray for how long? And that's yeah. in a similar kind of way. It's about like a guy who's just being like I'm going to be as wicked as possible. Mm-hmm. Um and but it's uh, about
1: aesthetics, Daniel. It's
0: about being as wicked as possible. Mm-hmm. It's in a similar kind so of fashion. It's the aesthetics of it's, being it's, wicked. And it's about as the aesthetics possible. of being a wicked person. Mm-hmm. Um or if you read the abridged version, it's a very gothic story. Yes. <laughs> it's actually pretty good, unlike the original. Version.
1: Yeah, no, hey. Uh, talk about like artistic
0: ethics but honestly i don't know in terms of like my favorite like yeah my favorite love stories would be like the the twisted ones like i'm trying to think about like
1: and like like a uh, uh, sun also rises like a big one for you
0: uh sun also rises yeah sun also rises actually that's actually a fine point like uh for example like this the, the these are the ones i think of i feel like i could come up with a much better answer than mm-hmm. this if i actually thought about this um there's the sun also risers risers the show uh, also risers and similarly a hockey game similarly like a feral to arms both of which are very uh, are love stories that are very truthful but have like very dark edges to them yeah uh one of my I mean when we talk about a a feral to arms um even though like the uh uh uh, Catherine is not a very well drawn character Mm -hmm. um the depiction of their love is very interesting Mm. um and I, it is very truthful because of how romantic it is and depiction of its romance and like, in its romance. Uh sorry i thought you were gonna say something weird. <laughs> i was gonna cough okay <laughs> i thought you were trying to interrupt me no
1: i was proud of myself for holding back the cough and then you stopped being like what happened i'm like no You're, damn it
0: you gave me a big gesture I, you know no, I, I thought i was
1: hiding
0: I know, I know. I was like, go on uh but whatever yeah. um we're but, running a little
1: long actually
0: uh, yeah gabriel like what other love stories are do you, i mean do you have any like like recent kind of like revisions to that kind of image of of loving like the, these dark romances let's say
1: um i don't know i think i'm uh I guess my pro- my problem tying it back to this is how you lose her to um uh, to the cheater's guide to love is I don't understand how I'm supposed to feel about that law student mm-hmm. that I'm not sure if I missed something proper to it because she's not just some Susia uh, who is fucking him over there's even that moment where the um, uh, the french like like after all's come true i've mm-hmm. uh, all's come out the baby's there um uh the lawsuit student gets back together with her kenyan boyfriend mm-hmm. and like junior arrives back in his apartment where all of her shit is and her and the french um uh, the law student's friend is like hey i'm here to get her shit you're not gonna go psycho on me here or anything, are you?
0: Yeah, no, nah, nah, it's one of my favorite. And moments. a
1: great quote. He's <laughs> like, yeah. like, what? What do you mean? I'm hurt. I'm. I would never hurt a woman." In his own reflection, that that's his line. That's that's the line someone says when all he done their whole life is hurt women.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. No, that's very truthful. It is, it is him unknowingly being a incredibly hurtful man towards women. Yeah, without really understanding it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, yeah like no. It, part of
1: why they they start they stop being cruel to each other, or she starts like biting at him, is that he writes like in his journal, like yeah. like, uh, I don't, I, there's, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. Only a bitch of color comes to Harvard to get pregnant.
0: Yeah, that's it. It is like. It is some very... It, like, it's it, some toxic, toxic stuff. Speaking of Hemingway, one of my favorite that we we, we totally uh, gushed over in terms of reading The Sun on Rises is, is mm-hmm. that there's a point in that where the main character gets pissed drunk in the middle of the night and keeps drinking until five while rolling in his head about... Has, like, that, like mid-twenties kind of thing about, like, all women are bitches. Why are men even friends with women? Because we don't get anything out of that. Uh Getting more and more drunk and it's later in the night and he just gets more and more hateful. And it's like that moment where it's like, at some point we all had shitty thoughts like that. Sure. Like as as not only sexist, but kind of like very clearly like racist as that is. Yeah. And it's like it's like at some point we've all had that really horrible fucking thought. Yeah. And we one hundred percent believe it. We don't believe it now, nor should we, nor should anybody. Yeah. We always have corrective thoughts. I mean, but it like an attempts of like kind of like focusing on like the kind of darker aspect of humanity and whatnot, like Mm -hmm. that, like that is that thing that we relate to. And of course is interesting to kind of reflect on in fiction and whatnot. Yeah. Because obviously we don't we don't have to constantly reflect on these kind of thoughts. I mean, yeah. we want to forget that we were ever so mm-hmm. shitty. You know, I,
1: I suppose, that, like to answer your question, like I, I'm I'm looking more into these love stories that are that are ultimately perhaps tragic, but more self critical. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the best I think like we did it on the show. The best new love story that I've discovered is um uh, um uh, the end of the affair. By Graham Greene. Okay, yeah. Where that's only about a toxic man mm. discovering how fucking wrong he was.
0: Yeah and, that's, and that's, that's a correction in my mind and 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 the a, a theme of the other one's stories that we're talking about another woman who dies and it's all about living yeah. with the lost.
1: or maybe that's yeah maybe that's part of uh, that's something to be investigated on
0: its own but i tell you what now that you have like a more mature uh define and experience kind of like opinions on like the world relationships mm-hmm. uh gender you know women men um sexuality especially men and and, and whatnot like like now you have this a story like this only honestly becomes more complicated it really does and it leads to like more self-reflection because honestly maybe when you were when we're all younger we're all a little shittier yeah like you might have been like like kind of like a little more on his side possibly as a younger man it was easier to play a victim when i was a younger man it was easier to say like listen He's only trying to be a man, okay? Or, yeah, exactly. Or something like it's that. Like, how could he? He couldn't help himself. And now you're embarrassed by that. now. This. I'm <laughs> yeah, so yeah. embarrassed by that. And like, but that's it. But like, it doesn't make the story any less good. It actually yeah. makes it more complicated. And like, you reflect more on like the self-loathing of the yeah. language on of the, the story. context of it. And again, this is in second person. He's victimizing himself. Yeah, about about being a fucking asshole to women. I love you know? the voice so much. Um,
1: at, in our final thoughts, I'll get back to. I wanted to tie this back to the story that. Last week With the Carver stuff And
0: compare it to Diaz Yeah that's interesting yeah. But
1: um, let's go on break mm-hmm. We got a game to play We got a game
0: to play B-b-b-b-wah. Let's Gabriel Throw us a break please I need more wine oh,
1: welcome back Hello everyone readers. We're still a show Two. You ugly You are ugly And your mother ugly And your sister ugly You just plain old ugly
0: Slow readers Is that donkey uh, it sounds like I Eddie think, Murphy. That's a good point. I think that I think that's actually what it is. That, that would make Probably. sense. Probably. Um, I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. Hey. And this is still still Years. Sure is. Gabriel, let's get right into it. We have let's a game play to play. A game. And I came up with something very quickly this morning. All right. Uh, because Gabriel, Juna uh, Diaz was not only a Nobel Prize w- uh, winner for fiction. Pulitzer. Uh, Pul- I'm sorry. Pulitzer. What did I say? <laughs> Nobel. Nobel. <laughs> Again. Yep. Uh, a Pulitzer fiction uh, winner for uh, The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde. Wow. Mm-hmm. But he also served very briefly on the uh, board for the uh, for the Pulitzer sure it um, and then all the shit came out and he had to you know drop out yeah uh, that's... Hey, at least he did so Gabriel mm-hmm. I have a game to play Kay. that is very lazily called the Pulitzer okay Gabriel Pulitzer the plug Pulitzer the plug Gabriel Pulitzer the trigger I have five lists of three books five lists of three books for each year okay Two of them will be runner-ups. Okay. One will be the winner okay. of the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction Ooh. for that year. This is a funny this is a fun game. I have five and one bonus question, which is not how it should go. Okay. So it should actually be even over or odd overall, but sure. anyway. But Gabriel, Okay. let's get into it. First thing I'm a bob. Uh huh. Jackhammer is our, <laughs> as our Yeah, friend. I'm like. Yeah, there's a jackhammer going. You probably can't hear it in the thing. It's probably gonna wash out. But you know, anyway. Cool. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. First one. Sure. 2019. Mm. This year. Mm-hmm. Which of these three books was the winner of the Pulitzer Prize, not the Nobel Prize? Okay. The Pulitzer. Okay. There, there, by Tommy Orange. That's a runner-up. The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. Mm. Or the Overstory. By Richard Powers.
1: I know there there was a runner up. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think it was the overstory.
0: I think I, I looked this up like two weeks ago mm. extremely idly. Also, we've talked about this on air.
1: Yeah, we have. I think it was the Great Believers.
0: You think it was the Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay? Yes. Alright, Gabriel? Mm-hmm.
1: Shit, it was Overstory. It
0: was the Overstory by Richard Powers. All right, uh, a novel about um people being drawn to uh, trees and about like their relationship with trees. I think it's like an environmentalist story essentially. Over, I'd hope so. The cover's always really cool. I've always seen it, and like I just kind of read briefly about it's i and like, oh, that sounds really interesting.
1: It's like people who are attracted to trees.
0: Nothing natural about it. <laughs> like, oh, moving on. Neither lipus. Gabriel, no tr- um, triffids. Two thousand one. Okay. Which of the three books is the winner? Okay. The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. Okay. Blonde by Jayco. Mm Mm-hmm. Or The Quick and the Dead by Joy Williams.
1: It was Cavalier and Clay.
0: It was Cavalier and Clay. It's one of
1: my favorite books, and I've tried to get you to read it. Final answer? Yes.
0: Gabriel, that was The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon. It's a
1: fantastic book.
0: Yeah, you've read it. Um, I didn't wasn't do. I, I was wondering if like you even knew that. It it would be funny if you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you tried to trick me. Also, again, blonde. Uh, uh, unfortunately, not a winner. Yeah, J.K. hasn't won a Pulitzer yet. No, actually. she's been nominated very frequently. Some fucking um, bullshit. Not to get too far into it, but there, are, there, are, there. Are years. I could talk about this more at the end, but there are years when no winner was selected. Uh, what and about it's Jayco very, It's very <laughs> interesting Including the one year That uh, Jayco was nominated For her uh, short story collection uh, That included one of her Most famous short stories mm. That's a very long name I'm gonna fuck up It's like where, where Nine stories Where have you been Where are you going Or something oh, like sure. that Yeah Another story about a serial killer Gabriel hmm. okay, moving on Okay 1991 I got one to one Yeah one to one 1999 Are you ready 99 okay Is it Run Rabbit Run By John Updike That came out in 91 It came out in 1990 Wow! Mean Spirit by Linda Hogan, or The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. Oh man, that's tough. Run, Robert, run! Mean I don't Spirit. I think Run, Rabbit, run. One. The Things They Carried. I I think it What was the middle one again. Mean Spirit by Linda Hogan. Oh, damn it! Like
1: like this is like like. You, you you ran your eyes over your flashcards, but didn't actually remember anything. You just yeah. recognized things. <laughs>
0: it's like it's like the names of the shapes and you like you're like, I think this is the case, but I think I just made that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna guess it was the things they carried. you gonna guess the things they carried. Yeah. Final answer. Yep. Fuck! What was it? It was Run Rabbit Run. Damn it! Yeah. I knew it was, I didn't think I was familiar with the mean season thing, I whatever. Know. Uh well no, I'll get to that later. Okay, moving on. So far, it's it's one right, two wrong. You're still knew, you're still in the game. I knew update won a Pulitzer. Still, you're still in the game. Yep. All right, Moving on. Nineteen ninety nine. Mm. Which of these won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction? Okay. The Poisonwood Bible by Barbara Kingsolver. Okay. The Hours by Michael Cunningham. Mm. Or Cloud Splitter by Russell Banks. I've never
1: heard of Cloud Splitter. Mm. I'm thinking it's The Hours.
0: You think it's The Hours by
1: it's Michael the, Michael the, Fucking Cunningham? The Virginia Woolf thing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: I'm gonna guess The Hours
0: because Poisonwood Bible did not win the Pulitzer. You're get that. Final answer? Yeah. Yes, Gabriel. It was The Hours by Michael Cunningham. Boom, baby! Not the Poisonwood Bible, which is surprising because like that book won everything. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. actually going to... I mean, I have never read. I haven't read The Hours. I haven't seen the movie. I read The Hours. I, I figured it's like an Academy Award thing where it's like books love books that like that like worship. If it like, won a Pulitzer, it's like probably that. gonna
1: get a what's it called? Yeah. An, like an adaptation deal. Yeah, basically.
0: And you can't make a movie out of the poison with a bible.
1: I mean Oscar Wilde Wa- Oscar Wow ba, 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 has been they've had Miramax has had the rights for us okay. since
0: two thousand like twelve. Cool. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, seven probably. Gabriel, moving on. E. The Year two thousand. The best in the Future, the year two thousand? Which of these? Okay. When the Pulitzer. Okay. The Interpreter of Maladies by Jumpai Lahari. Close range Wyoming stories by Annie Pearl, and or Waiting. By Hodgin. I think that's Interpreter of Maladies. You sure it's not the Annie Pearl, by the way, which has Brokeback Mountain. Oh, cool. I'm I. Th- oh, Brokeback,
1: Brokeback Mountain was written by a woman. Yeah, Annie Pearl. Yeah. Cool. I had no idea.
0: Oh yeah. She, have you ever hear what she said after um fucking Crash One? Uh, uh, What'd she say? Oh, she's pretty funny. I mean, because she's like an older woman, and her reaction was just like completely venomous. She refer she outright called it trash. It
1: is trash. Trash is trash.
0: As in a plan the title. Yes like like she's like uh, trash excuse me crash <laughs> like it's like and basically was saying it's like like making fun of like it's kind of like limp dick kind of attempt at talking about a big subject but like you know not doing a good job where it's a terrible bro- movie. Whereas broke a mountain is broken mountain yeah anyway but yeah yeah sorry
1: um <laughs> what's your answer <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's interpreter maladies I think it's think it's, By
0: Jhumpa Lahiri. I, think it's Jhumpa Lahiri. I think so final yeah. answer yep hey Gabriel it was the interpreter maladies uh, the interesting thing is that I don't know much about waiting, but uh, the other two are short stories collections. So I mean, so. that's the one about um Ryan Reynolds, right? Any wait tables. <laughs> you wish. Mm. You fucking disgusting person. All right, uh, Gabriel. Um, so so far, uh, what you're you're three two. Yeah. All right. There's just a bonus question, right? Let's now. go for it, Gabriel. Yeah. Bonus. Bonus. Which of the following authors were one of the three authors? Which well, of the
1: following authors were yeah, no, won the three authors? I
0: also I didn't read it right too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna name three authors. Okay. One of them is gonna have uh, the rare distinction of having won the Pulitzer twice. Oh, okay. Uh, who only three authors in the history of the Pulitzer have ever won have ever had that distinction. Okay. Which is kind of hard to word, to be honest with you. Sure. I I feel like there's a better way to do it. I just didn't put enough thought into it. So which of the three that I'm gonna name have won the Pulitzer twice? Okay. Ernest Hemingway, hmm. William Faulkner, hmm. or Raymond Carver. Oh boy, I have no idea. Shit. Ernie Hems, Bill fucks.
1: I don't think Hems won it twice. Or
0: Ray Carves.
1: I want to say Carver.
0: Fucking goddamn! Every time I open this fucking thing, there's an ad. What's what's the ad this time? No, it's I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll so read an ad should... for. me. we'll get sponsors. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it next time. I'm sorry. What you said, Raymond Carver? I think it was Carver. Gabriel, how sure are you? Like. 30%? Are you sure you want to answer that? Yeah. Is that Ray McCauver? Final answer? Yeah.
1: <laughs> fuck. Who was it? Gabriel. Was
0: it, it was Bill the Fox.
1: It was, Fox. it was Fox. It was Billy
0: Fox. Interesting question. Well, first off, well, here's what they for. They were all Pulitzer winners. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Fox is the only person who won twice. Once in 1955 for his 1954 novel. Fuck, I forgot what it was. The second one was uh, posthumous. It was for the last one, uh, The Reavers. Um, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. The first one was A Fable. Neither okay. of which were considered like his like better. Books. I haven't even heard of these. No, they're they're kind of like ones that like are very well read, but like people are kind of like they're not as sure. best ones. Like gotcha. he he had his better books and like his less. And the
1: books. latter one is all about um that planet way off far away that apparently the Galactic oh, Federation no. forgot it's about. Serenity
0: joke. On it is. Uh, er, interesting enough. Oh, well, Raymond Carver won. He was nominated In 1984 for uh, the Cathedral, and then won uh, another one posthumously again for uh. P- it was like All Things Considered, I think the name was. It was like a. It was, yeah, it's like, S I N N P R. So yeah, basically. Uh, interesting enough, Ernest Hemingway technically actually did briefly, uh, in a way, won twice. Okay, that's not well said. Um, he won. Well, he won for uh, the old, the old man in the sea. Sure. Uh, he actually was voted uh, like everyone unanimously agreed that uh, for whom the bell tolls deserved it. However, it was taken away by one of the judges on the grounds of it being offensive. Wow. Um there is a really interesting history if you look at the history of the poly term of uh, years when nobody won because uh, like rules were changed because uh, for various reasons. There was a very distinct like very early win up by a certain author who I'm not familiar with. Actually, I think his name is Booth Tarkington, one of the other authors to have won twice. I've heard of
1: that name in 1919
0: and 1921. Hmm. But like there was a thing where like someone else is gonna win like a novel that we know today, but instead like Booth Tarkinson mm-hmm. won, and like the reason for that is that the like specific the guy was like this is for wholesome books, so like there's like this. Toxic kind of like That's language, so shit. Of like, of like pointing out, it's like, listen, proper books win this. And uh, again, also like, you know, reading on what? the history of, especially like Hemingway and whatnot. Like, it's it's. Mm-hmm. What's the Booth Tarkington book I know? Booth, oh, he did uh, the the wonderful Ambersons. Oh, magnificent, magnificent, Ambersons? magnificent Ambersons! Yeah, he did that. That's his okay. most okay. famous book.
1: Um, which... I'm Daniel. I'm Daniel. I'm, I'm, Dan, I'm uh, um um uh. What was the name of oh, Jesus? The author who wrote uh the magnificent Ambersons. And really loved chewing on pig ears.
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: Tooth Barkington.
0: The third author who Tooth won. Tooth
1: Barkington. <laughs>
0: the third author who won. Because pig T- ears <laughs> up
1: clean dog teeth. I, I know.
0: Yay. The third author. So like the three authors who won twice uh, for the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Fuchs, Booth Tarkington, who died in like 47. Tooth Barkington. And John Updick.
1: I, I thought I fucking knew it was up to he won
0: uh in nineteen eighty two and then again in nineteen ninety one, which is recovered for a run Robert, run. Makes sense. And again, like technically Hemingway won, but yeah, no, there was a very I don't know, it's like the, the thing we forget. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's it's we all remember the dirty books from like the early twentieth century, but like the dirty books. But like there was like a like an, an era of commerciality and like proper American values. Wholesome
1: American but, values. Yeah. It's nope. like the comics code and like the The Hays Code. There's a very, I mean, nonsense. We
0: won't be able to cover this again because, like, we'll never, we'll never discuss Ulysses on the show. Never, unless it's on the Strain eighty. It's on the Strain eighty, isn't it? I think so. I I think so. But like the story of like the obscenity case for that because he wasn't taken to court. The two editors of the the Little Review, I think it's called, were taken to court, and there were two grown ass women, and like the judge made a point where like they couldn't read sections of the book at the at the trial because he didn't want like he in the most patronizing language said like i don't want these young women to hear that language they were in their 30s gross and they published the stories themselves. Jesus, and and also like they were like avant-garde, like like lesbian, like literary people, like who were like in like big in the Paris and American scene. Like they'd seen more action that Judge ever did. There is there and like there is a really interesting story around that about like the language I was used between them, especially how, like the one woman who wrote like memoir about the whole experience later on. Sure, it's very interesting. I can dig that. Um, but yeah, that's a gay roll! That's, that's a, yay, I yeah, I win. Pulitzer. Yeah, actually, you tied. But essentially, I lose points. Oh, yeah. No, no, it was three three. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I oh, actually, you're right. But, uh, but no, good job, Gabriel. That's me. Um, that's, uh, yeah, so let's go on break. We're cool. running a little long. We are indeed. Uh, let's, when we come back, we have final thoughts. I uh, And uh, the other stuff. So, Gabriel, throw us a break. Let's ride. Right. And we're back. And Mike. It's me, Mike. To this fucking bullshit. Gabriel, I'm still Gabriel. Uh, You're still Daniel. Are are, are we on? We're on. Okay. Fucking, we're starting. Hello, everyone. Right at the Batman. And this is Readers What's up? (laughs) Sorry, I began in the most like a disorienting kind of way.
1: Yeah, I I pressed the record button twice. I'm like, oh, I put a mark on there, and you're like, there's a mark. We're doing it.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I completely caught. I caught you so off guard. I became off guard briefly. Yeah. That's gonna leave a mark. That's gonna leave a mark. (laughs) 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 So Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. Yes, on uh, the story that we read by Juno Diaz, mm-hmm. the Cheater's Guide to Love.
1: They I'd actually like to hear your thoughts first.
0: My thoughts, okay, because I didn't really talk too much. You about We didn't talk thoughts.
1: much about it. We we broke down a lot about like the context and the history and the world.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I'm my this storytelling is kind of bleeding into stories by like Carver and whatnot. Interesting. I I feel like there are like a lot of like first person stories. Uh, Second person. I started reading uh uh in the country of Lo- of last things. Uh, by uh, Paul Astor if I got that title right I, um, I feel like it's I, like City
1: oh, Glass thing I get
0: one City trilogy. no this isn't actually that this oh okay. is, this is outside of that um but uh, it, it's a post-apocalyptic story that uh, begins with uh, with letters written from the the protagonist's sister mm. uh, from the country of Last Things, and her just basically describing the country of Last Things, if I'm getting that right. Uh, and uh, and it's it's kind of in the it's in the second person essentially, but it's not it it doesn't it's not like this where instead of basically being like an I book, yeah, it's I more mean, like, like it's a, a U book.
1: epistolary isn't quite the same thing as a U.
0: But it's still it's still written to the narrative to you the reader yeah which in the is country of last
1: things by paul oster
0: yeah thank you um i always feel like it's in the land of last things it's in the the country of la- lost things but nope. anyway but anyway um so no it's it's a really good it's f- interesting in that again like i i do appreciate a story of like of men unknown like being aware of how shitty they are and whatnot and uh we haven't touched this too much is that uh it almost would seem like it's at random how much, like, it'll jump from stories about, like, him being a shitty boyfriend, fucking random women, thinking that he should fuck around, and then he's driving around, and then, like, someone screams something racist at him.
1: Yeah, um, uh, Junot Diaz must not be a very big fan of Boston. No. Because <laughs> Junior apparently, like, re- fe- like faces hilarious little bits of awful racism everywhere he goes.
0: That is kind of... That are, like, almost non sequiturs. Like, yeah. they're just out of left field, where, like, he's doing... something Like... Uh, he points out, like casually, like in the midst of the story, it's like, oh, Hema and Elvis were pulled over by police again. Yeah,
1: incidentally, he was, he
0: was pulled over three weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. Every time he's at, he's on, a, he's at Harvard, he gets asked for his ID. Yeah, um, like it, it seems, it seems almost like it has nothing to do with the story, but it does. It does because. A, like again like the the one missing thing from the story is this is this very kind of telling thing about like sexual abuse as an adult who like and it is a cultural thing besides the fact that you kind of have to like flex your masculinity constantly yeah and like in this in particular he has to like it in in his mind like make up for this thing that happened to him as a as a kid Mm -hmm. where he was sexually preyed upon so he's kind of like overemphasizing his thing like he doesn't feel like a man unless he's fucking all the women he possibly can
1: well the, uh, i'm sorry, are, are you speaking of juno diaz or junior a little bit of both because clearly like i think there, there's an element of mm. abuse like in one of the classic stories in uh in drown one of the first ones that i think juno diaz ever published mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you get to read read any much no i didn't drown. i just read
0: Negotius. um one
1: of the stories is about how a young boy um is visiting a disfigured child mm-hmm. and on the bus Heading over there, he is um, fondled, he is like groped by an old man, mm-hmm. and he just like runs away. Like, uh, part of the key to the silence essay is that he's writing it almost as a letter to a fan, a person he met, yeah. who showed up at a signing and asked him, like, really hushed, like, like, were you
0: abused as a child? Yeah, I, I read the beginning of the, of that the essay silence? but that, yeah. literally, like, with the first few paragraphs and Yeah, on, it's, but... it's a
1: really well written essay, but it's, it's, I think there's an implication that you and your, if. Nick Adams to Hemingway. Yeah, that Junior himself also suffered abuse. It's it's present, it, but like it's it's still like it's very much in the in the subtext.
0: Yeah, and it, it is in the subtext, and uh, also that, like that, like Juno. Sorry, interrupt. Okay. Juno Diaz himself.
1: He while he had periods of being like a prolific cheater and womanizer, mm-hmm. like his start as a sexual adult was completely stymied by being unable to have sex entirely because of the abuse.
0: Yeah. And it, yeah again it's like it's he's like he's like making up for that masculinity like mm-hmm. it, like culturally as a man of color he as would Dominican. he would he would probably find it very uh shameful that he had not been fucking bitches and sluts yeah. as like a teenager exactly. you know exactly like, so,
1: like, like like Daniel I, I'm sure you are aware of this the idea that in like in the hierarchy of um latin american countries yeah it is most known that dominican men are the most like macho players of all of them yeah i mean I, I've like, also in, in the story a girl hears he's dominican and literally runs away literally
0: just be like nah nah nope. out. yeah and also women who apparently say they love latin men yeah will just be like turned off to him and he's like i don't know why it's as if they can tell wh- what i am uh-huh or not. I mean, that might be like I've also read many stories about like the machismo of Mexico and like the mm-hmm. culture and whatnot. And, and you're it's, Mexican, it's, it's, Daniel. Yeah, and uh, and certain cultures in Mexico, very specific ones, like in the Sierra Madre, where it's just like it's like backroads Mexico and whatnot, mm-hmm. where it's like all countrymen and like in people who like are the old Guamaneros, but like uh, yeah, and uh, and like no, it's yeah, no, it's an interesting thing into culture that us as Americans don't necessarily know. We know a version of this. Yeah. It's just not as, it's not as ingrained in us. Um, I, I maybe s- not. No, I think it's just a different perception I of it. Well,
1: also look, like, look at, look at Chad and incel culture. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's there, but it's not as like, it's not as widespread as it is in like, in Dominican men mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. like, where like everyone, if you're a Dominican man, you all kind of have like some kind of version of this. That's kind of like baked into like your kind yeah. of DNA and uh whereas like that's more like let's say like more extreme pockets you know okay that's fair um but that said uh let me pose my
1: question to you then Let let me tie it into that later thought that um so last week we did Raymond Carver. Yes. And this week we did Juno Diaz. Raymond yep. Carver was your choice. Yeah. And we had a long discussion about the writing style of it, of, of uh, succinctness, mm-hmm. of efficiency, of how Carver writes. And you were very much a big supporter of it. I, mm-hmm. I like Carver as well. I, I am a fan. I like his work. But there's something about it that holds me back. There's a lack of conversation to it. There's a there's a there's a yeah. separateness to it that, for me, Junot Diaz. When I first picked up a copy of the brief, wondrous life of Oscar Wilde in mm-hmm. 2008 with a with like my ex girlfriend, I was like immediately like like electrified by it. Mm-hmm. That I'm drawn to conversational voice writing. Mm-hmm. For me, it is the very easiest to speed read because it sounds like a conversation being spoken to you at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And I like the the way that Junot Diaz depicts voice has always been the biggest highlight to him. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what happens. It's the choice of language.
0: Yeah. We also have not really mentioned the fact that this is, there's like a Spanglish element to this. Absolutely. Which is uh, interesting because he, he, even as Junior admits, like he doesn't really know Spanish. Yeah. But he, but even in this, like he just, like random words will just be in Spanish because yeah, like, that's... Like, like idioms. Yeah, like idioms and whatnot. Which of course, again, speaks to the, the thing that you talked about where he grew up kind of struggling to learn English as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So it, it's just an interesting way and it's very... And it's kind of late to get into this because I think you're on you r you're gonna ask something. Um but we have something else to talk about. But uh, it's it's like this idea that like good writing is not necessarily the kind of like how powerful and huge your vocabulary is. It's specifically using what you know and using it well.
1: Yeah, his um, instrument is incredibly high like finely tuned.
0: Yeah, I mean because like it, he couldn't I write own. he couldn't write like or whatever he can only write like him and he writes like him very well yeah so but anyway i'm sorry i,
1: I would like i would love it if you read um otra vida otra vez in mm. this collection it's another great thing i mean we're busy you don't have time for that shit yeah. but um i i i want to i want to ask you what is like how do you perceive reading this because the way we you and i perceive reading uh-huh. and writing are completely different that i i can barely i need to sit down No music, Mm -hmm. no distractions, Reed, Hemingway, or Carver. I cannot focus on anything else. It's not possible for me. Uh, Whereas this, I could read this while running and
0: listening to music.
1: Yeah, because for for me, it's it's it flows, it's musical, and it flows directly into my brain.
0: Yeah, there's for me, there's no difference. No, Uh, none. No, I mean, like, no, I can. uh, Interesting enough, like you mentioned, especially Carver, there there's like, and again, I hate this kind of fucking term for it, but there's a kind of like minimalism to how they write, lowercase m, and how like there is, like, Carver especially is all about. It's it's a really fascinating way and how to express being unable to express yourself. Hmm. Um, Carver, like there's there's stories and maybe we'll do this next time we cover Carver. There's like this one called I don't fucking remember what it's called, uh, but like we're like Raymond's it's, Big it's all, Adventure. It's all about this woman who wakes up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep, and she hmm. like wanders outside to close the gate and has like this bizarre conversation with her neighbor who also happens to be up and is like going after the slugs that are infesting his yard. Cool. In, like In like awesome. the middle of the night. And like like if there's nothing explicitly that happens, it's all about like what isn't said and how people like react to this. Yeah. Again, like Carver is like this wonderful story is like this wonderful, horrible world of like middle America. Yeah. Everyone has plain lawns and everyone's white and everyone's an mm. alcoholic. You know,
1: I would have um, loved to see like how Raymond Carver would have
0: rewritten every story in Winesburg, Ohio. Yeah, it's, uh, it, there's, like, there, and I say, like, I would say, like, like, Weinsburg, Ohio, Carver, and, like, this are all very, s- kind of, like, exist in the same kind of, like, genre, essentially. Mm-hmm. This is a very interesting thing, because, like, again, there's also an inability to express yourself in this.
1: Yeah, there's, there's, there's a different, like,
0: layer of, like, cultural identity as well. I think Diaz very makes plain the themes that he's going into mm-hmm. um because like the ending of this and whatnot i think that if you wanted to be more subtle about mm-hmm. it you could have been more subtle where he's like very
1: romantic
0: it's very explicitly about like oh i picked up the scraps of like other things I realized it's a story and now i'm telling you the story which is clearly the thing that i was leading to this whole time mm-hmm. which like it makes sense and you kind of saw that you can clearly see that coming yeah. also again reading this i'm like all right this happened to Juno Diaz. He he's writing about yeah. himself. Like I, without you telling me this, I'm like, it's. I had the same thing with uh, 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 Negocios, where you kind of. Oh, yeah. I mentioned like, oh, this is about his father, right? And you said like, no, this is about this is a character. And I went, okay, no, it's about yeah, yeah, it's, it
1: is and it is not. Junior,
0: him. Junior's essentially him, and uh, it's very interesting. I mean, that's a little more like the Hemingway thing, where it's like I'm always amazed at how much it's like, wow. He only wrote about things that happened to him, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not that it's a bad thing. I hey, mean, that's if a you, relief for me. A good story is always a good story, but like, but I'm I'm always kind of shocked at how much like I was like, yeah, he that like oh this is all about stuff that that they had gone through. This is all about personal experience. Yeah, yeah, right. What you know. I don't know There's there's Instead a very Instead of
1: a sigh In my voice
0: There's a very There's a very Interesting argument uh, Especially between The uh, Fucking mentioned His name a million times Hemingway And uh, Bill Who F- This, is a, this, is, this is a little author Small neighbor, press author Yeah he, He's kind of known He's kind of He hasn't had his moment In the sun So he's super cool mm-hmm. To talk about right now That's fair um, But like Like them And Hem and Faulkner And their rivalry And how like The shit talking That Faulkner would land Hemingway Is that like Yeah he was extremely Limited about what he wrote Which is why he only wrote so little Hmm. um him diaz diaz only writes a short
1: story every like minute it's it's crazy how much long minute not literally minute
0: he is a beloved i mean obviously recently it's a little more controversial but like he's been a beloved writer my my
1: my two favorite authors like that i discovered as an adult are juno diaz and haruki murakami
0: yeah couldn't be any more different
1: couldn't be any more different
0: not so much like and don't wrong uh Murakami also writes explicitly about like masculinity yeah. and like machismo in a bit mm-hmm. um but like but it's not like it's not like Diaz and, no uh, there's th- there's
1: nothing there's not a there's it lacks that kind of street flavor if yeah. you will
0: Murakami, and again, we should definitely do a Murakami, Murakami at some point. Murakami writes like
1: like a ghost. He
0: he he's a he does a little more. His is all almost entirely invention. Yeah, but Slightly like fabular. Like some might say, like some of oddly enough, some of his like criticism could be a kind of limitation to the invention that he just repeats himself a little too much sometimes yeah he
1: he, he has motifs that he loves
0: he has motifs and sometimes
1: he leans on them a little too hard yeah (laughs) Uh, Um, i I would love to do um, a colorless sukuru i think that'd be a great Uh, colorless sukuru i think you'd love it
0: or a story from uh the elephant vanishes um we also recently just watched uh hanging out uh burning which is based on barn burning i think the actual story's called Mm -hmm. yeah which is based on the Faulkner story "Barn Brian Burning which I thought we did for the show but who? I guess we didn't yeah some other some other guy needs to stop mentioning today <laughs> some all right. big face Gabriel yeah so uh, that's final thoughts yeah we're
1: running <laughs> long let's go on ahead and do our favorite segment Hey, Memories. Memories in honor of our dear friend Shawnee B. Horny also known as Shawnee B. Hayes host of the co-host of the Whip Around Podcast for mm-hmm. all your Whip Around needs
0: you know it's just really great that like you know with today's uh, uh, culture of fake media that there's people out there who are really speaking talking about the things that people are thinking but not necessarily saying out loud yeah, um, uh, yeah um, check out the Whip Around. I'm going to be on there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So
1: I think Daniel will also be, I assume.
0: And they're not actually a right wing uh, audio. I just make. No, of
1: they're a weird there's, news podcast. Give them
0: a listen. There's another show out there called Whip Around, which is not that. Yeah, Whip Around, No Space. All right. So, Gabriel. Here. Yeah. What is your hate? Oh, actually, how about this? It has been. Do I have a hazy memory? It has been some time since you've read this. What Do you have a hazy memory? Like, like, if this was yesterday and if I said uh, The Cheater's Guide to uh, Love, um, what would you. What, what comes to your mind?
1: There's a lot. It's this like like a short story. It's kind of harder to pinpoint. Um, This time around, I remembered how effective it was. There's a whole subplot in this thing about how Elvis has an illegitimate child in the DR. Then Junior goes on a trip with him, and he meets like the family and all the Mm -hmm. in the sticks in the poor poor slums. Yeah,
0: horribly poor. Yeah, of
1: of 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 the DR. And Junior like susses out correctly that it's not his ki- it's not elvis's kid it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a scam it is just an only chance for like the poorest of the poor to get ahead yeah and i remember like that kind of now that i'm when i first read this it was easier for me to like tie into like oh yeah that part of my language mm-hmm. oh yeah that bitch who broke my heart <laughs> and now as a grown fucking man who's been who's much more mature than he was at 21 22 yeah it's just the 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 longing the heartbreak the understanding of how you fucked up yeah and the potential <clears throat> of fucking up and also like what you want out of your legacy which you'll give up
0: also, yeah, as an adult, you can look at especially Elvis's actions, who seems to be like a more uh, almost unforgiving version of, of Junior. Yeah. Um, but
1: where... on, on the other hand, he was a veteran of the of the, of the the Iraq war. Yeah, he, where was he was um, wounded. Yeah. Blown up in
0: a fucking truck. <laughs> but like you but like you can see something like this where like he's also super in love with the fact that he has a son. He's super proud of this. Yeah. And even though he's just like he's like, my wife will not find out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, she will not find out. Don't yeah. worry. Like, I'm good. But like you, you can see like now this like insecurity of like, you know, like he wants to believe in the fantasy of like, yay, I had a, I had a son with my with my woman who I'm clearly taking advantage of because she's super fucking poor. Mm-hmm. And the mo- there, I think what truly what truly offends him is not the fact that that's not his son it's the fact that she was taking advantage of him yeah it's his masculinity that couldn't fucking handle that that's why he blows up in such like an incredible way Mm -hmm. and like he does he does come back on it though
1: he does try to find them again i i think that this why these stories aren't toxic is because it also is about fragility yeah it's all about the fragility behind the toxicity
0: it's a fragility about that masculinity yeah yeah which is yeah uh my hazy memory i just because you're having a drink uh <laughs> daniel what's your hazy memory my hazy memory uh probably is i think you know early on and i, I we haven't mentioned this there's like early he starts to he starts to date a woman pretty uh early on in the story again like oh, within the, like a first year when am i gonna get some ass and like and she's a good woman he likes her i love that bit. He, he's not he's not like it's not like an easy it's not convenient Mm-hmm. for him and i think that's his struggle that he has with her yeah like he wasn't just some some hoe or a bitch or slut or whatever yes. that course. she she's a young woman she's 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 smart she's funny and she doesn't put out to him and yeah. like and on one hand he he really likes her and like he's a she's an amazing fit and clearly he needs to mature for her yeah and instead it falls apart because like I forgot, I forgot what the what the the what she asks of him, but like she
1: asks him, "Hey, are we hanging out this weekend?" It's like their fourth weekend together. Yeah,
0: and his reaction to this, even in a, his mind is saying something different. Yeah, but his mouth says, "I don't know. Are you gonna give me some ass?" Yeah, and like her reaction to this is just being like, "Done."
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and- like that—that's a much cleaner, like, and better hazy memory for me. It is just like that. Um, It's how Junior talks to himself.
0: Yeah. He he again, he knows better. He is. He's a more mature person in his head. But like he constantly responds with like with how he's supposed to respond, how he thinks he's supposed to respond. His his
1: actions lead and his interior response. Yeah. Like he keeps on calling his ex like nonstop. Yeah. And then he says at one point he call after the pregnancies thing. He calls her and says, we should have had a kid. And his own response to himself in the narration is, "Why the fuck did you do that? Now yeah. we'll never get back together." The... And there's some, and even in that moment, he's lying to himself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's the, the yeah, like the the knowingness. And again, this is why this this is necessarily toxic because it is about the fragility. It's about the the the, the what do you call it the. The iron, not the irony, but like the like, yeah, like the the fucking bullshit behind like all these actions. That's it's someone who again is responding, and it, like I said, like the one thing that the story is almost missing is like that kind of backstory. Where not only is this guy responding to like the kind of culture he's supposed to inhabit, yeah. but like that like some kind of back history of having been taken advantage of at some point. I think I think and, it's uh, all implied. It, and it's, we all
1: know, especially if you follow the Junot Diaz stories, well, it's it's Junior.
0: And and again, like this is also speaks to like that. <laughs> that Ernest Hemingway thing where uh-huh. it doesn't like a story might even feature like a toxic man and whatnot at its center but like mm. if a story is told truthfully enough yeah. you can you can see deeper lover, levels in it because it is so well told and so exact that you can see behind everything that you can you look at this and you just see like yeah this man is someone who is Feels like he's not in control of his actions. Like there's something deeper going on. And that is what the story is. Even if it's just written that, like, hey, here's a man who does some shitty things, but like you see behind it. You see, he knows. It's a very well done story.
1: And um, listeners, we should have mentioned this at the very beginning of the episode. Uh You can read the story online for free at the New Yorker's website. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can go on... Um, just search The Cheater's Guide to Love by Juno Diaz. It's free online. So if you want to read the story after our talk, hey, fucking come at us. Message us, send us an email at topgallonradio at gmail.com. We'll have a fucking conversation.
0: Yeah, we'll have a conversation. And again, like, you know, with everything going on and whatnot, you know, it's, it's, we'd love to hear, like, about yeah somebody who has something to say about that whole thing especially because like something that i don't know if necessarily we understand about like why it is controversial about what happened with me too Uh in the relation of like race and whatnot like people were talking and please come discuss out with us people are like i don't want to get into it because it's it's such like a a fucking complicated thing about like people are saying it's like like behavior is forgiven based on like race yeah like which is something that makes you just be like like really i mean like and not, yeah, I'd, you know, I, I'd, don't necessarily, yeah, it becomes a little more complicated and whatnot, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's,
1: it's, we, we would need another person more qualified to discuss that with us. Yeah,
0: and all, many people out there, like, literally, this is their field of study, so, yeah. yeah hey, we, that's you. Yeah, I mean, that. Let's talk. People out there who, who who have something very, very enlightened to say about this, so, yeah, yeah we want to hear that. That's, a, let's stop talking about this stupid yeah, fucking Yeah, Jesus story. Christ, I'm so
1: fucking hungry. Get out
0: of here, Diaz. Bye, Diaz. Gabriel! Yep. What are we reading next week?
1: Um, we are doing Part one of Anna Karenina. Or we're we gonna do the whole thing.
0: Are you that far? Uh, I think I can. Really? Yeah, I'll skim through it. Whatever. <laughs> All <laughs> it's, right. It's a long. It's a long book. A lot of shit happens. Maybe
1: yeah. Um, honestly, um, I've
0: I've read it before. Okay. So it's up to you. All right. Yeah, I think we're gonna. We'll aim for doing this. as a one parter. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Hey man, if you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna skim through it and watch the joe wright adaptation <laughs> yeah maybe that'll be a good middle guy because yeah, like, i've read on
0: a before that might be the thing to do because uh, look i'm reading other fucking books besides this man. yeah you have work to do i read fucking dead astronauts in its entirety and that was sure. not an easy read god damn it that is fine it's a good book it's not an easy read i'm reading disney war by james b stewart oh boop it's a great read gabriel mm-hmm. uh uh final things to say about the things plugs plugs yeah
1: yeah okay um everyone um if you haven't done it already please check out self-evident asian america's stories it is a cultural heritage documentary podcast about what it means to be an asian american in america um i produced episode three the talk you're supposed to have um i'm very very proud of it it's all about my life and my story and the and tribulations of being a filipino in white pennsylvania mm-hmm. um it was featured on the av club so check that out wherever self-evident asian america stories talk we're supposed to have um besides that follow me on Instagram at read.richards read like reading a book um photos of books and uh plants and Daniel sometimes apparently right. <laughs> um uh, so that's a thing um lastly Watchmen on the Clock. It's our mm-hmm. other podcast. It's coming to an end very soon. It is a recap show. So if you are enjoying um, Damon Lindelof's Watchmen program, if you just want to start watching it and you want someone to talk about ideas with, check that out. It's a good time. It's me, Daniel, Katie, um, Katie the Catastrophe Commits, mm-hmm. and we have a good time. Um, yeah,
0: that's cool. Yeah, uh, and also if you have like complicated feelings about Watchmen, yeah. like, uh, like <clears throat> some of us do, um, yeah, no, definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio, which I hardly use. I use the Instagram for slow readers a lot more. Um, also, check out my fiction. Sorry. Uh, check out <laughs> my fiction, which is available out there in all ebooks uh ebook stores and also on physical print at Amazon. Uh, uh, hey. Uh, the Shadow from the Deep and a Cook in the Kingdom, which now and then use a second person language. Hi! Uh so definitely check that out, especially Cook in the Kingdom, because that one's pretty fucking good. Weird. Um, yeah, and that's uh that's that's it. Uh stay Everyone out there, just remember, when you clean up a spill, make sure you dry it off before you step over it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stay frosty.
0: Stay frosty. That's basically what it is. Sure. All right, that's the end of the show. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to TopCountRadio.com.